Just in and so good. Thousands of spring deals at your Nordstrom Rack Store. Save big today on new arrivals from Kate Spade, New York, Nike, Sam Edelman, Free People, and Madewell, starting at only $30. Great brands and great prices on dresses, denim, sandals, designer bags, and more. So rack your look and get first dibs on spring styles you want now from just $30 at your Nordstrom Rack Store. What will you find? The legends are true. Overwhelming power. sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Donald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Sports Grid Fantasy Football Podcast. This is, of course, the Gilcast. We are recording it on Monday morning this week, so we'll actually get a look at some of the salaries at the end. You also might be listening to this on the Roto-Grinders Daily Fantasy Football feed. And uh, if you were tuning in, hoping that we did not play the most duplicated lineup in the history of DraftKings cash games, you're wrong. Um, I think Guys, first time in the history of the show, we all three played the same lineup. I, I don't, I mean, maybe it's happened before, but I don't remember. I don't remember all three of us playing the same team before. I, I, I'm pretty I, sure it's first. I don't think it's happened. Yeah, I don't think it's happened. Um, yeah, it was, I mean, first off, let's let's talk about what led to this most dupe lineup, right? Because I felt like all week, cash was really up in the air. We had so many injuries and so much stuff that was that was really uncertain. I thought it was actually kind of strange that everything fell onto like that. It, one that team. it fell in in such a way. So so what yeah. happened was Dearness Johnson and Mark Ingram became stone locks. Devonte Adams became a stone lock on Friday once we realized that Aaron Rodgers was was good to go, was cleared to play. Um, then Ben Roethlisberger, I don't remember if it was Saturday night or Friday night, he got placed on the COVID list. So then there was one clear cheap defense with the Detroit Lions. I mean, people liked the Titans, people liked the Eagles, like there was a little bit of variation there. Uh, but but once it became clear that Mason Rudolph was going to start, then it became the Lions. Um, then we had, I, I actually think the Evans thing was kind of interesting, where had Bruce Arians on Tuesday said Godwin's going to play for sure. I actually think Evans would not have been quite so steamy, but people just got it in their heads that he was going to be the only guy. Um, and then, you know, there was a little bit of conversation like, oh, Dan Arnold or Dallas Goddard or whatever. But basically all the pieces just fit. And if you did not play this team, uh, the team was Dak Prescott, Dearness Johnson, Mark Ingram, Devonta Adams, Keenan Allen, Mike Evans, Dan Arnold, James Conner, and the Lions defense. I've never seen this before, but in the massive $50 double up, all nine of those plays were the nine most owned plays. Um, and and uh, someone tweeted at me that in the uh, $5 single entry double up, which is the largest one that they do, 7% of the entries were this exact team. That's insane. It's so insane. It's so insane. And, you know, if you're not part of the secret DFS chat where the entire community is is in one Discord channel uh, printing out one lineup, uh, you know, you missed out. Yeah. yeah. So, so the, uh, the weird ahead, thing, Nate. I think the weird thing is there actually were a lot of like in play running backs. 
Um, it wasn't and, one of those and wide receivers where, too. Yeah, I think it was. It just happened to be the way that salary and construction worked that you just ended on this team. Like it wasn't that James Conner was like that much of a better play than Najee Harris, or it wasn't that, or, or Jonathan Taylor even, or Jonathan Taylor. It wasn't that um, you know Cooper was that. It it just or like defense wasn't that much clearer than it just ended up like if you build through the right player, like this is the optimal way. And so, um, yeah, it was just a weird week. Cause I can't remember this much overlap, but also this much playable plays that I wouldn't have like been mad at. Yeah. Well, let's, Correct. I mean, let's, let, let's, let's not bury the lead here. So this lineup I think was clearly correct. Uh, mathematically, when you looked at, projections so, i think so i i did i did want to touch on the projections for for a second yeah so this that. this this lineup was the blitz optimal yep. this lineup was the etr optimal yep and uh those are the only you know and then the daily road projections however our projections actually had cd ahead of keenan which would have you know obviously that pretty pretty big so i mean mentally 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 strong projections and and i want to talk more about this for head deads later because i was kind of talking about it with cardi earlier but i i generally will just run the aggregate projections so i i I combine all three of those and then run them and that moved keenan like 0.2 ahead or whatever but i i and i said this on sunday morning too i don't think that i have ever had cardi message me the same lineup as everyone else because normally cardi will have something in the blitz that is different than what everyone else is doing because cardi uses different inputs than everyone else you know he has or, or not different inputs he has more inputs than everyone yeah, else he has, he has he has a couple guys in the dome that he's just like yeah we got it we got to get yes. him in the dome <laughs> right which, but which even but even that, you know, but even he didn't that play CD CD. wasn't in yeah right so i was just like this just has to be the team. There's just no other team to play other yeah. than this. C- CD didn't rank, rank super well in my stuff. Either. I, like, and I know my numbers are very different because I use uh, area. I use a lot of different volume metrics than most. But um, yeah, I, I I I thought this was just so clearly the team, and it was. I can't remember being that confident. I mean, at eleven o'clock, I think it. It was like an hour like, before. Yeah, it was like, guys, I feel good. I'm just entering more contests. <laughs> Like I'm not even thinking about anything. It's just like it, it was it was an easy week in cash games. And I think if you didn't play this team, you should like evaluate some things. I thought there were I thought that so obviously I think that you could have one v one Keenan versus CD. I also think you could have one v one Godwin versus Keenan as well. I I don't think that I don't think that any of th- those those teams were all within a point. And yeah, so you know, so the issue with Godwin was the injury and I don't want to yeah. like just say, Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, you know, it, it, new information. So, you know, we don't want to act on it, but you know, there is evidence that players coming off injury that are questionable have X number of, of percent off there. No, it's, it's the opposite guys who are guys who are listed as questionable. Adam Harstead has done this study at football guys, he, guys who are listed as questionable and who play, do not have a meaningful change in their fantasy points per game. Really? Yes. I, it's it's like one I, thing. It's I like one differently. I mean, it's and it's possible. I I remember reading this study like three or four years ago. So it's possible that because injury reporting is different now than it sure. used to be. Sure. Um, guys are guys are listed. Well, guys are listed more often now actually because of the way the rules yeah, are. No probable. Yeah. yeah. Um. 
So, so may, and maybe that distinction would have changed things where guys would have been listed as probable and, and like Godwin's condition might've been listed as probable before the rules changed or whatever. So that's possible. I, I would not have played Godwin in cash, but so, so the thing I was arguing with Cardi about, not even arguing, just discussing was, did either of you consider playing CD over Keenan in your head to heads to, to improve the sweep equity? Because you know, obviously it correlates with a quarterback. Everyone played. Um, and, and you are, you know, you know, CD is going to be way lower owned in your head to heads than Keenan. And it's not that CD was a bad play and it just gives that sweep equity. Well, the, the quick, do. the quick answer for me is yes, because I, well, we'll get to what you, yeah, your I, I, I went for a whole different thing in, in, in head to heads. Uh, but we played, uh, we, we actually swapped to CD in our pentathlon lineup. So for people that don't know, Derek Van Riper puts on this cool ass event called the pentathlon where you like, you know, have spread picks and you have a best ball team and you have survivor um, or we had survivor before we stuck on Pittsburgh anyway, <clears throat> Davis. Um, but we played, we, we would have lost regardless of who we, all three teams we considered lost. I know. I know. Tough scene. Anyways. Um, we we played we played this lineup with CD in that contest. Um, so yes, I think that was a reasonable thing to do, basically. Yeah. What about what about you, Nate? No, I didn't. I mean, the thing about Keenan is like his volume projection in this spot was was really high. And I thought that CD's projection in general, like CD really took off with Gallup being out. Like there was just a lot more targets to go around. There were a lot more um there was a lot more opportunity for him. And with, with Gallup coming back, I actually thought that CD had a lot lower floor than coming in than was. Expected. Well, and, and now we know that's not true because now Dalton Schultz just doesn't exist. I think I feel, I feel pretty confident Dalton Schultz can have like a nine and a half percent target share moving forward. Yeah. But like CD has had two games of double digit targets and right. Keenan, like you expect that. And so it's one right. of those things where in cash, like, I didn't. I do like. C- I did have way more CD in tournaments. I don't think I had one Keenan. I didn't have any Keenan tournaments. You know, but in cash games, like I, yeah, I don't know. Keenan was just very clearly for me. I didn't even consider it. Obviously, CD smashed and it was great. But um, yeah, I mean, it's it's a it's a higher variance play for sure. Like you yeah. have to understand that you're giving up a floor edge. Uh, but you know, I mean, the thing that the projections will never account for is that Keenan Allen is allergic to touchdowns. He's just the, like, like with some wide receivers, they get to the two yard line and you're like, Oh dude, my guy, my guy, they're going to give it to him. And and the chargers get to the two yard line and you're like, well, I guess it's Steven Anderson time. Larry Roundtree is about to, is about to (laughs) (laughs) just, just dunk in the pool right now. And you also, they, they also don't account for the fact that Keenan Allen is a stone lock to come up between one and four yards short of the bonus but in every game every week yeah. every week yeah he, he he actually so keenan actually had the bonus like he was awarded a reception incorrectly and so he had like 107 receiving yards and they took it away like it it, it was like a misattributed catch but he had the bonus on DraftKings for like five minutes or something it actually happened to cd too i believe i i think cd it, had it the happened bonus. it happened to both of them yeah, yeah. And, they, and, and, and they called it a rush. Dearness Johnson did the did the uh, Devonte Booker 103 rushing yards, then got a minus four rush and and lost the bonus as well. Yeah, we're we're petitioning DraftKings. Uh, we have crafted a finely worded letter. Um, yeah, it's really it's bonus, really once you get the bonus, you keep the bonus. You do not you do not lose the bonus. The right. bonus. So we're stays. waiting. We're waiting word from uh from DK support. See what happens. 
Yeah. Yeah. It's just, yeah. Overall though, the Dallas offense, you just rely so much more on efficiency and less on volume because there's games where Dak doesn't need to throw more than 20 sometimes. We almost got, so we many... almost kind of got fucked on Dak with that. They had 38 points in the first half. Like, yeah. Yeah. Dallas and, actually and... played really sharp though. I actually really do appreciate it. I think it was like end of the second half or end of the second quarter. They like, uh, we're calling timeouts, forcing a punt, went for get two the ball back. Third. Yeah. yeah. And it's like, I actually, you know, I hate when teams just get up and then like kind of let the foot off the gas. So, uh, so Dallas actually played really sharp. That's so funny. I, I had to do some yard work yesterday. So during the second quarter, I was mowing the lawn and I was listening to the Cowboys game on the radio. Oh my God. You are the, such a suburban dickhead. No, but, but seriously, that's not even, who are you on a Sunday afternoon? You're freaking, this doing is not even, work. this is not even the good part of the story. So I'm listening to the Cowboys guys on the radio and they are like absolutely hating the Cowboys scoring points. They're like, I cannot believe they, they kept making jokes about the, the cause you know, the Cowboys had that replacement kicker and they're like, we're not even going to know if he can make any field goals. Cause every time it gets to fourth and short McCarthy just goes for it. Like they're like pissed off about how many points their team is scoring. Like, it was just so that's bizarre. A good, that's a good way to know that you're playing optimally when all the the old, uh, the old, old hag announcers are all um, yeah. ripping on your style. But, yeah, I mean, uh, Dallas just played super efficiently. We got really lucky with Dak, though. I mean, can, we can, – can, can you just picture Davis? He's outside in his basketball shorts. He's, like, got his long, flowing blonde hair, and he's, you know, got the tattoos everywhere, and he's got this lawnmower – and he's just like listening with his AirPods to this game and snickering because I'm literally sni- like literally I'm like laughing out loud about it was I don't they had like a fourth and one on like the 33 or something and they were just like I cannot believe they're not kicking the field goal here and I'm just like what universe do these guys live in like it's just it was it was really bizarre yeah, I don't have was, anything it was, else it was nice nice for Dak to beast mode on that on that rushing touchdown there at the end like that was that was a solid yeah. like I, hey, I was know? hoping I was hoping that when it got to garbage time that they'd leave Gallup in there with Cooper Rush to try you know because he's coming back from injury to like work oh. on his conditioning a little bit but they they didn't the, the um, double the double stacks would have appreciated that yeah, yeah. Well, all right let's talk about just, this dipshit team that wait Sammy one did. one one other thing did did any of you guys consider deandre swift in cash because i had a build earlier no. in the week that had swift um I, there were just too many plays I, yeah. I i was worried i was worried about the matchup <laughs> oh god sammy god what listen to yourself deandre uh, swift is like uh, he got what I mean, 33 got carries in the end or something 33 insane? carries six six targets he had like 93% of the snaps with and and Godwin Izabuke and Jamar Jefferson scored 70 yards combined worth of rushing yeah. touchdowns. But I mean, literally, this this swift thing with no Jamal, this usage is insane. I mean, literally a 25% target share with an 85% rushing attempt share. I mean, that's this is I don't know. That's unheard of. It, it, it was an it was an oversight. Um, yeah. all right, Sammy, talk about this. Talk about this, um, this dipshit head-to-head team you played and why you did this i mean i just i don't even know where to begin with this it is this is one of the worst things i've ever seen (laughs) well boys uh obviously we're talking about the lineup that was just so obvious and you know i i played this lineup a lot but in uh a lot of my heads heads i i decided to go for the sweep and i decided to go off the wall and this is decidedly minus ev and i knew it was but at the same time, I kind of felt uh, a little bit of hubris 
I felt a little bit of uh, what Levitan would call IKB, I know better. And I actually didn't feel as confident in this, in this chalk lineup as a lot of people did. I did not feel great about Mark Ingram. Um, I didn't like Mark Ingram. I thought that the Saints with Trevor Simeon and no Mike Thomas and no Alvin Kamara on the road in Tennessee, who has been destroying people, that they had a super low floor. And I was like, yeah, I know Ingram. Did, did you just not think he was going to catch passes or what? I just, I just thought he was going to dust. Like he's dust. I mean, dude, he played 80, dust. he played 85% of the snaps and got seven targets. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah, like, this it, is it, just the, it, the guy it, to feel sketchy about Galbraith. I the guy no to feel idea. sketchy about was Connor, in, in my opinion, because because you know he hadn't had a hundred yard rushing game yet. Like there, Eno could have played passing downs. Rondell Moore could have been, you know, the the nominal third down back. I thought there was like far more reason to feel sketchy about Connor. I just I just hated the Saints. I just thought that this that the scoring environment was bad, and Mark Ingram is bad, and you know, uh, took took my L there because Mark Ingram, when they were down 20 points or whatever, put one in the zone right in my face. I also didn't love Keenan Allen for the aforementioned reasons. I know he's got a high floor. No, he's a, cu- he's a cuck lord. I'm not even, I'm not even going <laughs> to, yeah. I'm not even going to criticize you about that. So this is where, this is, this is the the dumbass head-to-head. Uh, talk talk about the team. Put the team out there. So he played Mason Rudolph, Jonathan Taylor, Dearness Johnson, Devontae Adams, Jerry Judy, A.J. Brown, Dan Arnold, James Conner in the Lions defense. The problem here is you missed the obvious 2v2 if you really wanted to play Jonathan Taylor, which was Jonathan Taylor and Cole Beasley over Keenan Allen and James Conner. Sammy, I, I literally, at, so 12.05, I open up a couple quick contests. I open up, open up like the, the $25 cash just to look at exposures. I look at a couple of my high-dollar single-entry and then I open up the Gilcast, like our three man. I thought you had like an upload mistake. I was like, oh crap, Sammy uploaded with last week's DK IDs. Like Mason Rudolph, AJ Brown. I'm like, what is this team? It it's it's just it's, it's literally indefensible. Sammy. It's indefensible. You know, I uh I really wanted <laughs> I really wanted Jonathan Taylor, you guys. <laughs> But you, why didn't you just play him over Keenan and play a cheaper? I mean, even Judy, who you have in this dumb lineup, would have fit in that two v two. I just wanted Jonathan Taylor, you guys, just, and and just, and, and, and Mason Rudolph. Taylor. I was like, you know, so Mason Rudolph was like the second highest point per dollar QB uh, according to the projections I was looking at, and I was like, you know what, the line really didn't change because Roethlisberger was out. Um, you know, like not much change if. If Roethlisberger was 4.1K, he would be the chalk. He would. And I was just like, you know what? Like, I'm going to do it, and I'm going to smash in A.J. Like, this lineup actually would have worked if A.J. Brown had a had a pretty good game. Um, it really would have. Or, or if you had played Mark Ingram over James Conner. Yeah, no, for sure. It was, it was a, it was a. At least you didn't, at least you didn't pay up for the cards defense, which is what, which is what some people did. And I'm not even saying it was, it was wrong. It was definitely that. a shit lineup. It was, it was definitely me saying, you know what? Like I, I know what the chalk is and I'm going to do something decidedly minus EV to try to sweep, sweep uh, head to heads. And uh, I deserve to get roasted, man. But you can send invites to me, uh, Whirling Dervish. Uh, I may go Galbrain. And, and there, yeah. and there's a good chance he might do something this. Yeah, stupid. just just keep sending them, boys. Just keep sending them. Um, 
every once in a while it's Christmas, I decide to give out some. Uh, the some the invites have really to... slowed down. We got to have a big losing week to get the invites like, coming in. Yeah, we've been we've zero. been winning way too much, man. This is this is very bad for the show. Um, I had zero invites, and it's just been brutal. Yeah, and nobody nobody can find you. People can find yeah. the whirling dervish, but they can't find Nathan. Nate, I don't understand Nathan. why people can't find it. Yeah. Um, all right. I mean, I just don't have anything else interesting to say about these cash games. Like it just was not, just was well, not an interesting week. Um, do you want to talk about some of the other players? Like, obviously we talked about Swift. Uh, do you want to talk about Stevenson? I mean, I, Stevenson's I, workload was, well, was that's actually, that's actually a good seg. Um, like Stevenson, I thought was the nut pivot off of Ingram or Dearness Johnson. I thought that up until about 1155 central time. Uh, so I, I got to come clean. I played a lineup in the doubles by a DAC double stack. And I, at 1155 central time, swapped out Ramondre for Brandon Bolden based off of, based off Ooh. of, uh, New England beat writers reporting that he was the starting running back going oh in, my, Davis. in, in pre-snap warmups. That's why you swapped. Well, it was a, it was a compounding of things. So at the same time, you know, Ramondre had not practiced all week. He had not been a practice all week because of the, uh, he, he was recovering from, you know, a concussion and, and what ended up happening is actually what I thought in my mind, which is worst case scenario, Bolden is going to have a crack at a touchdown, which he did. He got tackled on the one and he's going to be the third down back, which he was, um, not, I'm not, I'm not defending the play but it did kind of play out how I imagined Ramondre was just, I mean, obviously way more successful, 20 rushes, hundred yards, two rushing touchdowns. I think he had three receptions as well. Um, yeah. Brandon I mean, Bolden is a special teamer. He, and- he, I, as I, as I told you literally two weeks ago. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, I, well, we played Mike white this week, buddy, but uh, you know, Mike white yeah. is Mike white. So. Yeah, the Stevenson yeah. workload was nuts. It's it's just it was an interesting week because there were so many running backs that were thrust into roles, and I yeah. So every week I pull up like a, an expected point metric, you know, for running backs, and most of the time that uh, correlates very highly with cash game ownership. Right. Um, but this week, if you look at the most, the there were the just too highest, many plays. It was Dalvin Cook, Ramondre Stevenson, DeAndre Swift, Darrell Williams, Antonio Gibson, Christian McCaffrey, Jonathan Taylor. Uh, like you didn't get to a cash game running back until Mark, Mark Ingram, who was like eighth or ninth on the list. And it was like, there were so many running backs that got just crazy volume. And I don't know. I mean, CMC was back too, which was, which was a tournament discussion, but um, yeah, I don't know. Jonathan Taylor, Sammy, I, I can't believe what you did. I mean, John, Jonathan Taylor was the fucking nuts. He, he, I mean, he had a hundred and a touchdown in the first half. Like, I don't even know how he didn't get there. I mean, he did get there. He ended up with like 27 or 28, but like, dude, he was, he was headed for an all timer and they just like stopped doing things and almost lost to Jacksonville. Like JT was a smash. I had him. He had, he had 20, he had 20 in the first half and ended with like 27. Yeah. I mean, I love JT. I had hundred percent JT in tournaments. I'm just not going to go off the freaking clear construction yeah. to get him in in cash. Um, all right. So let's do the GPP teams now. Uh, so I, every team I made this week was a DAC double stack. I thought it was so clearly the play, the ownership did not get out of control. Right. I mean, DAC was, DAC was high owned, but none of Amari Gallup or CD or, or Schultz, none of those guys, um, got out of control at all. So this team I played in the double spy 
was Dak, Dearness Johnson, Brandon Bolden, and Jonathan Taylor at running back. Uh, I thought that Dearness was the better tournament play than Mark Ingram. I knew they'd both have insane ownership, but I felt like you probably needed to play one of them just because they were such free points. I love the Ramondre pivot. Um, you know, I played Brandon Bolden. I'm a fucking nitwit. Uh, then I played Chris Godwin at 9%. Uh, when the cards flipped over, I was like really stoked about that. Amari Cooper was 11%. I thought he would be way chalkier. The thing that surprised me was Gallup got a lot of like late steam. He was 10%. I, I thought he would be much more like 5%. Uh, Kyle Pitts as the bring back 14%. Jonathan Taylor at 19%. And then the Eagles defense at 5%. Um, so I felt good about this team. Had Atlanta uh, been competitive at all, um, had, had Ramondre gotten in there instead of Bolden, I would have I would have felt pretty fucking good. But we, we live to fight another day. I'm in, I'm in cash here. Um, but yeah, I mean, Dak doubles. Did we all play Dak doubles as our main team? I, I assume yes. so. Yes, we yeah. did. Um, what, excuse me. What, what would you have finished? Do you know? I'm sure you've calculated if you had had Ramondre in. I mean, it was a 27 point swing. So that would have been, you know, around 10th or so in this, but then, um, yeah, I mean, had, had Godwin done anything also like uh, looking at, looking at a, a lineup that had bink potential, which I mean, you always, you always feel good about, about having something that has like, just even turning, like sometimes you, you, the, the lineups lock and you look at it and you're like, the way this is structured, I actually fucked up and I can't, there's no possible way I can win here. Um, so at least, at least turning it over and having something that can, uh, feels nice. Yeah. At least you turned over Brandon Bolden and nobody owned him and you're like, Oh, that's, I'm, I'm live. Hey, t- 10, 10 points from a 1% owned guy in a, in a week where every running back doesn't score 30 points. Sometimes that could be usable. It just was not usable this week. <laughs> <laughs> Even when I even when I play good, I play bad. Is like somehow is somehow how it works. Yep. Yep. Nate, yeah. you you played a double too? Uh I didn't actually. I well not a DAC double as my main team. I did have some DAC doubles in like spread throughout, but my main team actually was a Josh Allen, was a Josh Allen double. Um, so uh I thought Josh Allen doubles were were interesting this week for a couple of reasons. Number one, I think Buffalo has disappointed people. And I think people were way too off of digs and just Buffalo in general. And I thought in this spot, they have, I thought the highest upside on the slate and like single digit ownership across the board. And I thought people who did do uh, Josh Allen doubles would, would mistakenly go to Beasley. Um, and I think Beasley has eaten the last couple of weeks with Dawson Knox out, but with Knox coming back, I think that that, meaningfully changed the uh, expectation and the role for Beasley. Similarly, the way that I thought that Gallup would for CD uh, obviously got one of those, right. One of those wrong. But uh, in this instance, I went with uh, a Josh Allen double stack with, um, with Diggs and Knox, uh, both Diggs, Knox coming in at single digit ownership. Josh Allen was, uh, was a little bit higher, but then I had uh, Jonathan Taylor. Um, uh, and I did go with the Dearness and Mark Ingram chalk because i felt good i just about. think that's so fucking bad i i looked at it i looked at it a hundred times i mean you're talking about like 110 percent cumulative ownership on two spots but if you, i that's this is where cum, cum, cumulative ownership is not a great metric for 
like lineup duplication and overall. No, I, like, I get, cumulative I get ownership it. is not a great metric. And I don't know why people do that because if you get, if you have two single digit ownership people, you are, you are fully differentiated from the field. And if your main stack is coming in at single digit ownership, cumulative ownership doesn't matter where if you have a bunch of 20% owned guys who maybe your cumulative ownership is lower, but you're actually not having any leverage on the field in any significant way, it doesn't matter. Lineup leverage matters more than total ownership. And so, yeah, but, but Ramondre, Ramondre over Ingram or Dearness gave you massive, massive leverage. But in a single entry tournament where there's, where there's only a couple hundred play, like you have to look at lineup leverage and, and overall expectation. And I'm not going to give up three points of expectation when I already have a five plus leverage score in this lineup. Like who, what was it, the, what were the big leverage spots in this lineup? Who'd you have that was like I under told, 10%? Dawson, Dawson Knox, Stefan Diggs uh, were both single digit ownership. Okay. Um, and then Josh Allen was, was 18. Uh, and then Jonathan Taylor was, was another pivot that I thought was going to be lower owned. And then my, my cheapie was uh, MVS, an MVS punt. So I had three guys at 6% ownership. Like, okay, so, so MVS is the actual like leverage in this lineup. No, that's, yeah. not le- that's not leverage. A cheap guy like that isn't leverage. When your stack is single digit, that's the leverage. That's where when Diggs goes off for 33 points, there's less than – Five percent of the people in the lineup or in the in the contest who have him, like that's May, the or, 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 we might not be defining leverage in the in the. I same. just I just think dear I just think Dearness and and Ingram together was such a pop like you know like literally probably 40 percent of entries were like combining those guys together like I just think it's yeah I, I played zero I, lineups I, with those two in them <laughs> yeah I just think it and not because not only that you're also you're also losing you know, we were talking about this being such a great running back week. You're also losing that leverage of like, because those guys were so popular plays like Swift and JT and CMC, you know, those guys were way lower owned than they would be on a normal week, a normal week, Jonathan Taylor home against the Jags, like 35% ownership and said he was down at like 20 because those guys were eating up so much. I, I get it. From, I get what you're saying, which is that you're giving up so many points because those guys were like, if, if you were to exclude one or both of those guys from optimals, you'd be giving up like five points, six points. Like you're, yeah, you're giving you, up. But a- you need to get it through your skull that like things don't happen in the median way all the time. In fact, and- a lot of the times they don't. So you need to like court that kind of volatility. You need to court some negative EV. Um to, to have shots at first place. Like that's the whole thing. Yeah. And I, I'll, I'll, I mean, I use different metrics to, to evaluate GPP lineups. I use one of them is a Gini coefficient that I look at the, it's like, it's trying to score barbell ownership. So how many players do you have that are, that are high owned and low owned? And it's okay to have barbell type ownership versus a bunch of guys at 20%. No, I, so I, I agree I with you four in single theory. digit ownership, four single digit ownership and uh, Diggs and the Diggs Knox Allen stack was one of the one of the highest leverage spots on the on the day, um, and so overall cumulative ownership is one metric. But if that's the way that you build your GPP lineups in general, I think you're missing out on I, so, act, so actual understanding of tournaments. Nate, what we have here is we have the the Jedi bell curve meme, 
and you're you're the guy in the middle right now you're the guy in the middle being like no you don't understand it's actually fine to do this and then the, me and the sammy Gini, the Ginny coefficient <laughs> and me and sammy on the left are going Durr, don't play the two highest stone guys together like that's like that's literally like we are we are a living embodiment of the jedi bell curve meme right now well i mean <laughs> i we can get into this. I, I think GPPs are interesting because you can talk about this till you're blue in the face. And some people might say you have hard and fast rules. You never play this. And other people might say, well, it depends on your overall construction. If you have force. And I, I'm not even, I'm not even saying hard and fast. I would never play the two most owned running backs. I would never play the two most chalk owned guys or whatever. I'm not, I'm not saying that I'm saying in this specific instance, I mean, I was expecting those guys to be combined on like, 30% of rosters, which is just like, you can dead the field so fast. If you eliminate, like if Mark Ingram had got nine here, like you are just, you're deading so many people by not playing him. Dearness, I thought was like unfadeable. I played him on, on all my teams. Like, cause I just thought he was going to get so many touches, which he did. Uh, he didn't, he didn't score and didn't get the bonus and got like 23. So yeah, I just think if you're trying to if you if you're trying to leverage every single spot in your lineup and not and I'm not I'm not ownership. trying to leverage every you're, single spot. I'm literally trying to 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 just like it, like paint by numbers, which is just don't play the two highest owned guys together. There's I have four single digit ownership guys like that that, that you're. I'm not even saying your lineup was bad. I'm just saying as like the the a priori, I'm not playing these two guys together. Yeah, Nate, and I think I Nate, understand that, but yeah. Yeah, you're you're this the it was fish. It was fish. It wasn't it wasn't fish. I just don't think it was good, I guess. It's fish. I think yeah. if you go what? a Dak stack where all of your wide receivers are 25% oh. owned, then you can't play yeah, those guys. That's fair. But if you have a leverage stack and you and you know that the I probably would have I probably would have wanted to go even more leverage with those two guys together, like Colts, like Jack, Jack Doyle and Michael Pittman with Wentz or something. Like I would have wanted to get real weird i think i, I like the mvs together the mvs play was good yeah Very leverage good. on adams yeah man how fucking bad was that game i mean oh my so god so brutal. Oh, that was so it was brutal. like unwatchable i was like i need to go do more yard work i don't want to be exposed to this this is terrible it was it was real bad it was really uh bad. all right sammy because mvs got a 41 yard catch like on the first drive of the game and i'm like this yep. is gonna be it i'm gonna get it from my min price no no, the, the, the tough part about MVS is that he never actually gets there. That's I've, I've wasted so many tournament dollars on MVS. I'm just like hoping to get even one day, but it'll never happen. Um, let's see. I played in this one. I played a Dax double. So I went Dak, Lamb, and Cooper and brought it back with Pitts. So obviously this took so a lot. I actually of- think that's a really low... Like I bet most people who did the Dak double did one of Lamb or Cooper and then one of Gallup or Schultz. I bet those two guys together was actually pretty low. Yeah, I, I think that's probably right. Um, yeah, it, it, because it, it, it takes a lot of salary, right? With Pitts and those two guys and Dak. Um, and then I also played, I uh, brought it back with Pitts. I also played Christian McCaffrey in this lineup. So I had a couple different iterations of this lineup. I played it with Jonathan Taylor elsewhere. Um and I did play Dearness for kind of the same reasons that you were talking about, Davis. I just thought Dearness was the best of the low-priced running backs. Yeah. yeah. 
Um, and I had zero Ingram anywhere. Um, I just, I, I was just, I was just on team. Like Ingram's going to be bad chalk and he wasn't, um, but I didn't play Ingram in this lineup. So with that, I needed some low price guys. I did not do. Yeah. Any- I'm, I'm very curious to see how this lineup finished out. Yeah. Uh, James Washington. You're feeling it. good. You're touchdown feeling good. James. Yep. Touchdown James right away. Oh, buddy. When, when Mason hit Washington for the first touchdown of the game, like I was just like, Oh, I'm going to be so rich. Like this. And JT amazing. started off with like a 40, a 40 yard run right. Yeah. Up crushed. It was all, it was all so great. Um, and then the other low price guy I played was Tyler Johnson. So obviously with Godwin coming back in, I thought that it was a situation where obviously Johnson would have been a lot more chalky if Godwin didn't play. And I built this lineup before Godwin was in, I was kind of assuming he'd be out. And then when he was in, I was like, okay, well, you know what? The ownership's still going to be off of him. And this is still a really great spot against uh, Washington. Um, I'm going to keep it. I'm going to keep it. I think the kids got upside. He did not that great. Yeah, three for 17. That sucked. And then I finished it out. I actually paid up for defense and I played the Steelers DST. Um, at one How point, expensive were they? They were 4.1. Jesus Christ, dude. Yeah. They were four, <laughs> they were 4.1, my friend. Uh, and they what were one. What is point, this? They were Sammy says, This is where I'm going to get different. What? Yeah. I, I, maybe I just don't understand GVPs the way you guys. Do. I, I can't imagine playing some of those guys. Like, well, Sammy just, Sammy just, he went, he went, he, he, he went gal. You're a hand builder. This has to be a hand. Like I, I hand build, I hand build my tournament teams, but I I have, I have, I have have projections and ownership up with them. Yeah. Same, same. We, I don't, I don't build my own, uh, my own model and, uh, he doesn't have a genie coefficient to give him the nuts. <laughs> right. No genie coefficients guiding my every decision. Um, well, it's not this, like I optimize based on it's. It's just. Anyway, this this lineup did put up a hundred and sixty. No, hundred and forty something. It min cashed. Yeah, because CD. I mean, if you had CD and Dak, you're you're pretty much cashed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and and McCaffrey. I just thought McCaffrey was like. Well, well, what did he end up being owned? Because I didn't end up playing him. I played Jonathan Taylor instead. But Eight, I mean, the 8.3. And he oh, could have, he could have absolutely dusted this late because what Cam scores one rushing touchdown, throws another touchdown to like the three yard to Robbie Anderson. And I, I believe what he ended up like five yards short of the bonus in the end. Yeah. Yeah. He had 95 yeah. rushing yards. He had no touchdowns. He had 10 receptions. Yeah, he, um, he could have had 40 here pretty, pretty easy. Yeah, I yeah. actually thought it was it, it was a tough call. That's why I played this lineup with JT elsewhere. It was a tough call who was better. But at the end of the day, you're getting Christian McCaffrey off the injury report um, at low ownership at a low price. He was how how tilted were you watching Amir Abdullah score a rushing touchdown? Or not Amir, uh, Ch- uh, Chuba Hubbard scores a rushing touchdown on a play that the Cardinals fucked up so bad. Chuba thought the play was dead when he was in the end zone. He was like, does, does this count? Am, yeah. am I like scoring right now? Yeah. Didn't love it. Didn't love it. Yeah. There, um, the distribution of touches here was, was odd. Chuba and Adula combined outrushed McCaffrey, which is well, McCaffrey, bizarre. McCaffrey actually went to the tent once or twice. Um, I, I think he, just once, but he did. Yeah. Yeah. And so it was a little bit weird. Like, even though he wasn't technically on the injury report, it, they still 
he's still not bad. Like his body is not right. So, um, and I also don't know if we're ever going to see like old school Christian McCaffrey, like hundred percent of the snap type thing again. Um, yeah. From him. He just keeps getting but, banged up. Yeah. It's hard. I mean, yeah, nobody, and, you know, I mean, Pete, no, no, I, nobody is it. able to handle that. We used to think Derek Henry was the guy. Uh, I think NFL teams are actually just getting smarter about that. And we're going to have to adjust. Like we're not going to get that old school usage that we used to get, but guys like Jonathan Taylor, I think, or Christian McCaffrey. I mean, those guys still have just immense upside. Anytime you can get those guys at single digit ownership, I think they're great plays. I went with Jonathan Taylor over CMC and almost all my teams, but I, I see the value there. I, I thought the other, the other team, obviously it was cause I was sweating it, but the bills, the bills thing was so tilting. Cause Josh Allen, I mean, should have had four, four touchdowns here. And I mean, they had what four rushing touchdowns uh, from Matt, Matt Breida, freaking Matt Breida. I mean, it was like, Reed actually looked good, which is uh, RIP those uh, Devin Singletary, Zach Moss seasonal teams. But uh, yeah, well, they, they, actually, both, they both scored too, Nate. I know, but uh, I think Breed is going to actually be like, it's going to be a three headed backfield moving forward. I think. Yeah. It, it, my, 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 my best, my highest scoring lineup was a Josh Allen double also with, with no bring back. And uh, I use Sanders in that lineup, which hurt, but yeah, Josh Allen doubles or just Josh Allen lineups with digs were, were pretty nutty. Yeah, Diggs is guys next week the Chiefs and the Cowboys play. So remember the Rams and Chiefs a couple years ago on Monday night where they put up that that game, that game totally came through. I like do kind of have a feeling this game might not come through. Like I was was gonna ask, does it meet expectations? Mahomes coming off 405. So I think that so the first thing is that the Chiefs are gonna get CH back. Yeah, so so, he, so they're they're a stone lock to score under twenty, and and Dallas will probably just want to run a ton. You know, I mean they they started out the Falcons game running a ton. Like they, you know, Zeke, Zeke had two rushing touchdowns. Dak has a rushing touchdown, and and the prices are all really good though. Tyreek is eighty two. You know, instead of nine thousand, CD is seventy six. Amari is four is six point two. Gallup is four point two. Kelsey is is seven one. Um, but yeah, and, and, and Dak is only priced at 7,200. I, I think he'll probably be the cash game quarterback again next week. Yeah. I, I, uh, I, wish, it, I wish it was in the dome, you know, a, AJ Dillon 6.2 could okay, be, so could, he'll, he'll be, he'll be, yeah, a he'll be a lot of us. Yeah. Um, let's see who else here is interesting at, uh, at running back. Oh, this is actually pretty interesting. So Donta Foreman led the titans in rushing and actually had three targets in the passing game but the titans played the houston texans at home mother of god yeah how much, so how they, much i mean is, they, how much is foreman because i mean they're definitely splitting work i think peterson got what 10 carries i mean all and three so did mcnichols yeah I mean, all three I mean, of the running backs play played. any of those guys oh i'll you probably play, play foreman in tournaments no foreman i mean it was literally a three-headed i mean yeah, Adrian Peterson and Jeremy McNichols combined for 12, 12 rushing attempts with like four targets. You can't play a guy who's missing out on that. Davis, aren't, aren't you worried about uh, them taking the shackles off Adrian Peterson now that he's back in shape and, and finally? See, I, I think it's going to go the other way. I think as long as Foreman continues to play better, like I think Peterson will just dust off. I mean, maybe I'll if be If anything, wrong. I'm more worried about McNichols. Like when, if McNichols wasn't there, then I would say Foreman is very Well, clear. McNichols went from a 54% snap share back to a, a 30% snap share, like back to basically what he was doing with with Henry. Yeah, I just 
don't know, McNichols talent. I think he's, he's Miles Gaskin, fifty-seven hundred dollars against the the New York Jets. Mm. Dude, he's getting all he's getting all the touches for them. All, all of them. They're they are not doing the Savan Ahmed thing really. Mm. Um, McCaffrey's up to eighty-nine hundred. Uh, DeAndre Swift is only seven thousand against the Cleveland Browns. Lock. If if yeah. if Williams is out again, it's a lock. Yeah. Oh, buddy. Uh, we got Eli Mitchell at fifty eight hundred against Jacksonville. I guess we'll learn more about no, what they it's... plan on doing with Jeff Jeff Wilson Jr. tonight. I mean, Eli Eli, they just keeps getting all the touches, dude. He just keeps no, getting I'm all not... the touches. I'm not. You can't trust that backfield. It, it, I mean, one week it's this, one week it's that. I. Oh, that is that is not true. What what you are saying is straight up not true. Eli Mitchell has been the dude every game he's been healthy. Yeah, yeah. They they like Eli, bro. Like Eli's Eli's a play. Yeah. It, you what what you are saying is like bad fantasy football tout analysis. Like it, no, Eli it's Eli not all the rushing. Hasty literally has matched him in target share for like. Well, he's he's got a high ankle sprain again. Yeah, Hasty is dusty, bro. Yeah, Hasty's out. Oh. It doesn't. Wow. It doesn't mean. It doesn't mean he's going to be out next week, but he's already out for this game. So we we got to. I mean, Jeff Wilson Jr. was active in the last game and did not record a snap. It was. It was just all Eli against yeah. the Cardinals. Well, yeah, in week nine, Hasty had four targets. In week eight, Hasty had Mitchell didn't get a target. Where Hasty like so if Hasty is out, obviously it would change things. Well, the thesis week, but... behind the play is that they're playing Jacksonville and Eli's going to get eighteen carries and hundred yards again. He's Damian Harris. Except he got five catches last week. Well, that was the, yeah. That was when I, I, I know Hasty was in and out and, you know, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, it will be interesting. I think CEH probably is back. Um, yeah. And it'll but, be interesting to see how he projects because Daryl has just been fucking cucking him. Yeah, dude. I mean, Daryl, Randy Moss, like yesterday, 100 receiving yards, like had the Moss in the end zone. Uh, Daryl is 5.4 and CEH is 5.2. I think that's really interesting. Wait, who's 4.2? Uh, CEH is 5.2. No, yeah. Sammy, don't. You can't play. CEH would be. I mean, I don't know, dude. I don't know. I, I'm not doing it, dude. Certainly, certainly not a cash play. Certainly not a cash play. Like, not Durrell even. Durrell looks even. so much better. Like, there's no way they're not going to continue to go to Durrell. Like, Darrell is so good. He's so much better. I mean, he's not a good, he's not dynamic at all. Like he doesn't gain any extra yards or anything, but he just, he, he is, Daryl is the classic. You need three, you need three yards. He got you three. You need yeah. five yards. He got you three. He just like, doesn't screw anything up. They throw on the ball and catches it. It's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. And CEH literally is just consistent underperforming. Like, yeah, he just always fucks it up. Yeah. God. Um. So if Kyler is back next week, James Conner is 6,100, and all the Cardinals are free. Hopkins is 6,500. Kirk is 5,700. AJ Green is 46. Rondell's 4.2. Um, and, or I guess Ertz is priced up. I mean, priced up. He's, he's 4.8. But that, that is a pretty interesting spot because Seattle's defense is terrible. It, it's it just is spread in, so far. That so far. Just spread so far. Like, you have no idea what to do with those touches because – I mean, you just got to – Hopkins is just not more than – like. Hopkins is well, you just got to hit the guy who scores two touchdowns because, because I mean, a bunch of them have done that this year, right? Kirk's had a big game. AJ Green's had a big game. Hopkins has had two, two touchdown games. I think Rondell had the game against the Vikings. 
I mean, I think, I think Kirk turns into the chalk. We'll see if Hopkins can play because he was like apparently the furthest away from playing this week. From playing, yeah. Yeah, if he doesn't go next week and Kyler's back in, I think Kirk is just like at 5.7 going to be kind of a kind of a cash lock. Yeah. Um, all right. That should, uh, that should wrap it up for us here. We'll be, we'll be back next week. I mean, hopefully we'll be able to generate some good content for you guys. Um, you know, we're doing, we're doing the best we can in the, in the constraints that we're given. I make, but... I make our brain again for you guys sending me invites just to, just to keep the, just to keep it fresh, you know, it's just not, it's just not been a good year for the show. Like there no, really has really not been hasn't. that much tilt. You Awful know? year. And yeah. now that now that Mike Davis is getting out snapped and out carried by Wayne Gallman, it's like that bit's dead. We can't like Nate's not even ever gonna play Mike Davis again. So tough. Too much winning. It's just a bummer. Luckily, yeah. Sammy, I don't know what yeah. got into yeah. you, but hopefully that, that happens next week too. <laughs> yeah. All right, everyone. We're wrapping it up. We'll uh we'll be back next week. Price drop, time to shop. Get to a Nordstrom Rack store today for first dibs on new markdowns. Now score even more, up to 70% off brands everyone loves at Nordstrom Rack. Denim, dresses, sneakers, tops, and more. Plus, get genius deals on jackets, sweaters, and boots for the whole family. Shop your Nordstrom Rack store today and save up to 70% with new markdowns. But hurry, deals this great won't last. The legends are true. Overwhelming power. The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of McDonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! I participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last.